Hello loves and welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I'm your host Lindsay Mack and as always it is such a joy to be present and gathered with all of you in this virtual space. Thank you so much for being here with me. I'm wishing all of you a very happy Scorpio season, my personal absolute favorite time of the year. And um yeah, I'm very, very excited to get started um, on today's episode. We're finally at our third and final installment of our three-part series on reversals. We've been looking at the medicine of reversals, the offerings of reversals, how we can befriend them, welcome them, cherish them as messengers from our guides, from parts of ourselves that are longing to get our attention. They really just want to bring us a little closer to our own hearts and our own experience. Um, and today, you know, we've, we've spoken about them as invitations into resistance. When we're experiencing resistance, when we're experiencing um, a lack of willingness to move forward, what happens when we experience expansive resistance versus contractive resistance, like how can reversals be sort of this beautiful invitation into that space? We've looked at them as opportunities to come home, to presence, to ourselves, when we may believe a card is saying ooh, don't do that, or whoa, you know, this might not be a great idea, and it may or may not be true, but what's the kind of the first and foremost invitation is that a part of us is typically scared, unsure, in need of some space and time and connection to get clear, and even if we're not necessarily so interested in like what the answer is, whether we engage with a card or not, what we do with it, which I'm all about, you know, what do we do with these cards is really like the essence of what I think I teach and I'm personally interested in. Um, but more than anything, we're bringing forward reversals in that category as an opportunity to tend the self, to be loving with ourselves, to be intimate with ourselves, to actually be invited into a particular experience around what we're going through that we may not have even been aware of. So it's a chance to dive even deeper into a little pocket in the cave, as it were. And I would say that an invitation to come home to self is the largest majority of how a reversal is going to show up in a reading. More than anything, reversals are always an opportunity, always an opportunity, <laughs> even if it's multiple uh, categories, always an opportunity to come home to self. Resistance, um, I would say, is the second most sort of common category invitation that reversals fall into, but there is a third, and obviously there's way more than three categories, but for our purposes, kind of the big, big, big umbrella of how reversals can show up, this is largely what you'll find. Um, but this third umbrella is a, is a more specific one, or this third category is a bit more specific. It's a little bit less everyday, but when it does come up, it can be a revelation, it can be extraordinary, it can ignite our spirit, it can bring about emotions, it can be an experience where we go, oh my God, thank God, and that is completions. Some reversals show up as anchors and invitations, heads up, information, that we are complete with a particular cycle in our lives. A lesson, a season of experience that we've done everything we need to do in that particular lesson and season, we're complete, we're ready to shut the door, and um, 
walk through that threshold, walk through the transition of bowing to the lessons that came from that time, honoring what we learned, honoring what we left behind, honoring what we're walking into, and sort of starting anew in a way. Um, And while all tarot cards, there is no bad, wrong, even problematic tarot cards. There can certainly be problematic depictions of cards, but at their root and soul, the tarot is truly so spiralic, so inclusive, so um, multifaceted, constantly changing, um, in such wonderful and deeply inclusive, loving ways. And really all cards bring deep medicine, huge invitations, huge for our growth, for our expansion. We may not always like a card. Sometimes we cannot like the idea of a card. You know, we cannot like what we've been told about a card. We cannot like the depiction of a card. That doesn't necessarily mean that we know the card outside of what we've been told or outside of what it looks like. And ideally, we wouldn't do that with anyone else in our lives. So with the tarot, we just want to offer it the courtesy of going a little deeper. But even though there is no bad, wrong, problematic tarot card. There are definitely some that are just not fun. And some of them, that might be really personal to us. There might be some that we just don't get, we don't care for, we don't enjoy them. And then there are some that, while some of us may have spent enough time in them to really appreciate the experience, maybe it's a bit of an acquired taste for other ones of us, We just genuinely don't like the experience of a particular card. That's fine. We don't like everything about life. Um, And if a card brings forward a flavor that you can appreciate, maybe you can appreciate what it's doing for a particular area of your life. You just don't really like how it feels to be in it. That's totally valid. You know, Um, there are also some that are, are, we may not, dislike being in them, but they do bring maybe less pleasurable experiences than others. And reversals that signify a completion typically do come up around these slightly more unsavory, um, more perhaps, um, spiky or bitter cards. I love the medicine of spiky things and bitter things. It's really good for us. Um, but, um, spikes on plants and and thorns are such good medicine about boundaries. And, um, we can have little thorny places in us that we're invited to get closer to bitter. Um, medicine is, is maybe not the most flavorful thing, but it's so good for our digestion. And we can appreciate it, right? While saying like, I don't, it doesn't taste very good. <laughs> you know, We can hold both. And so reversals that signify a completion, again, typically come up as an opportunity to say, hey, you've been in this kind of tough, spiky, bitter place. And now you're getting ready to transition out of that it's typically uh, like the bells go off and say, you've spent your time in deep study with this energy. And now you're prepared to move past this. Now you're prepared to take what you learned and go off into something a bit different. So, um, do reversals show up as signals of completion around cards that we enjoy, that are particularly pleasurable to us, that we appreciate, that we don't have an association of spikiness or bitterness with? Absolutely. Um, we are in, cards move through us in seasons and spirals and layers. So you you could 100% get the sun and dependent on your pull, dependent on where you are, dependent on what's coming up around it, or if you pull it for a client, the sun can 100% come up reversed as a signal of completion. Um, You may think, oh no, does that mean I'm complete with like the medicine of the sun with warmth and brightness and light and good stuff? And 
No, because that's not quite what the sun is. Um, the sun is an invitation to, um, well, it's a time when we, you know, we talked about it last week, right? A time when we move out of an experience or a period of time where we don't really have a lot of answers. We don't kind of know what's going on. The sun comes up and we're able to see. And the whole idea with that card is seeing. We're allowing ourselves to be seen as we actually are. Like really letting ourselves be free. We're seeing others in their freedom. We're allowing for there to be a spaciousness. We're open to answers, to clarity that maybe we just weren't able to have access to. Now it's it's coming forward to us. So when we consider that card as a reversal that signifies a completion, we're not saying you're done with that, but it could be that you're you are moving into, you know, you're moving out of sun reversed, um, and into the full. So it could be that you are, uh, if it strikes you and resonates for you as, as a completion, it could be that you're doing, you've done a ton of work, maybe with processors, with your practices, with certain exercises to open, to really open, to be seen, to see others, deepening your intimacy, deepening your willingness to receive maybe channeled information from your guides. And now you're taking everything you learned from that energy. You're walking away with your lineage, your teacher, you know, all those lessons and you're leaping, choosing, saying yes to a whole new journey in your life. That card isn't moving away when we honor any tarot card, whether it be reversed or right side up, is a kind of a completion. We're not getting rid of anything. This is a good lesson for all of y'all who get really, um, and there are so many people who I work with um, as students and those of you in my community. um, A question that I get a lot is, I pulled a really good card in my reading for what am I letting go of? Why would I want to let go of that? First of all, you're not letting go of anything. It's letting go of you. And it's an opportunity for you to just see that, to check that out. Secondly, you're not losing what's ready to be cleared and released. Um, It's staying with you. You're just moving out of the particular season of study that's been coming up around that card. Um, also the key is what we're moving into after the card, you know, and be willing to expand your mind about what's good and bad, right? If you're clearing out or if, if 10 of cups is what's being released and what you're stepping into is three of swords, um, how I would legitimately and genuinely interpret that for myself, just on paper, not listening to my guys or asking the cards what medicine they might have for me and receiving probably something much more specialized than this, um, I would acknowledge the work that I've been doing even subconsciously around being present to joy even when it's hard. I would acknowledge that maybe I've gone a little further with that than I imagined that I was capable of. And now I have the opportunity to take that deep work into spaces where my mind might really be covering over or attempting to cover over some wounding and grief, which is what Three of Swords is. It's not heartbreak. It's not backstabbing. It's not betrayal. It's, it's honoring and acknowledging deep grief that often lives underneath a lot of our thinking, strategizing mind, um, or desires to kind of know what to do. So I'm slightly digressing, but I think it's important to honor kind of looking at completions in the tarot as a whole, that really when we're in particular seasons or cycles with certain cards, they're not going away. It's just an opportunity for us to recognize that we're whether we're aware of it or not, whether we have all the answers, all the clarity or not, that we've 
moved through a beautiful season of wisdom and understanding with a particular card or maybe a really hard one. Um, and that we're coming out on the other side and getting ready to move into something different. And that's really, really powerful. And as far as these reversals today go that we're going to cover, um, I think there's a lot of power in looking at how these energies show up um, in particular pockets of the tarot. So when a card is particularly strong, spiky, um, a little bitter, um, again, very strong, strong medicine. We may love that flavor. It might be really hard for us. Again, I love bitter stuff. It's just not like honey, you know, so, um, we may not have an, uh, an acquired appreciation of that. Um, most of the time when those cards come up reversed, it's a signal, not that we're blocking anything. It could be a signal to come home to self. Very often it's a signifier that the energy is lightening, that what was once very dense, very strong is getting a little bit softer, a little bit lighter, that we've moved through a lot more of it than we think, or we're moving through something maybe on a subconscious level, we're getting ready to transition out and move into something different. We can see almost 100% of the time any four in the tarot and especially any five. Chances are if you pull those reversed and if you start, if you're like really in need of some deep um, foundational help around um, tethering to more confidence with your tarot practice. If you have your own practice, there's no need to sub anything for your own knowing and experience, but it can be really helpful with fours and fives. If you feel really overwhelmed at what those cards mean reversed, chances are you're going to be very, very helped, very assisted by starting from a place of completion. Because nine times out of 10 and even beyond that, if a four or five in the tarot comes up reversed, it's typically a signal that's letting you know you've been in this, now you're getting ready to move into something different. So bow to what came, be open to what is ready to come. Sevens are typically pretty similar that we're in kind of this nebulous inner space. Sevens can be a bit confusing. And now we're getting ready to go into something different. So it doesn't always have to be spiky, but there's lots of, this is perhaps kind of the most um, spiralic of the categories that it can really apply to certain cards almost all the time. And is not uninclusive of other categories, by the way. Sometimes certain cards can span all three when they come up reversed. Um, but looking at all the different ways that completions can happen and can unfold in us and even deepening our understanding of what that word even means. Like, are we ever truly complete with anything? Are we complete with some things? Are we not complete with others? Do we name that we're complete do things let go of us? Do we let go of them? Like it, it's just all things to begin to look at and explore. So the first card that we're going to be looking at is our anchor for how reversals can show up when they're a signal that we're complete with some kind of cycle or lesson is the tower. Very classic reversal signifying completion. The tower is ruled by Mars. It is a card I I have a very, very, uh, I love the tower. Um, I don't just love the idea of it. I actually uh, appreciate the experience of the tower. Um, I'm very used to it. You know, um, I, again, really appreciate what it's doing. Um, I don't always love it, but most of the time I really appreciate what it brings. Um in the tower, we have the opportunity to get a sense of very strong clarity about a structure, a belief, a thought, a relationship that we've built 
up on an unsteady, false, or broken foundation. Most of the time, the tower is not total burn it down to the ground, crazy pants. Most of the time, the tower can come up around things that might feel pretty surprising, like our stuff about feeling like we're not deserving of love or we're not worthy of affection, or if we have a limiting belief about charging our worth or about um, shooting ourselves, the tower you trust and believe will come up around that because it will say this was built on something. There's a foundational crack here that needs to be tended. So let me torch this for you. Let me bring somebody into your life who completely defies those expectations. Let me bring in an opportunity for you to charge your worth and not apologize for it. Let me bring in an opportunity for you to blossom, essentially. And let's go down to the very heart of this and examine when this foundation got cracked. And rather than heal those foundations, you just built on top of it, right? The United States of America is, or Turtle Island is in that right now. Like there's so much in the structure of this country that was built on a completely broken foundation and it's all, um, coming down. And that's an example of like major, major, major multi-level tower, huge, where the foundation's not just broken, but like rotting, um, bleeding, sore, um, it's, it's deep work. And sometimes we go through those things personally with the tower where it can feel like a fucking nightmare. And yet the tower is a friend. It knows you have an infected wound. It knows that that wound is not really healing correctly. It wants to blow it open for you so that you can heal it finally, so that you can clear it, so that you can allow whatever has been stored in that wound to come up and out so that there can be again a clearing then we can really heal in the star so we can appreciate the tower we can even love the tower because again most of the time the tower's coming up around things that while it might feel kind of confronting are not earth-shattering situations um sometimes no you know it, it really depends um I find the tower to be quite expansive and inspiring and even a little invigorating, which I know too many makes me sound wacky. <laughs> but um, when we get it reversed, of course, it can be an invitation to come closer, deeper into presence. A hundred percent. I can't. It can certainly be an indicator of resistance, perhaps, but more often than not, when the tower shows up reverse, it is a signal that something around the way that we've engaged with a structure, a system, a belief, a story within ourselves or in the world is transforming, and that we are, whether we feel like it or not, getting ready to prepare to build something new. It can also be an indication when we get the tower reversed that this is happening on a very subconscious, deep, deep inner level. We might not even feel it, believe it or not. Kind of shifts everything to the inside. Um, Sometimes it can be an external experience, but very often reversals that indicate completion can also represent the passage of time. It could be that you've been moving through the tower for a long time and maybe didn't even realize it. It, you know, we're never done, right? Like that's why I say like we need to kind of redefine (laughs) completions for ourselves or even define it period. Um, but one of the really, really powerful, um, opportunities to work with around this is, If you get tower reversed and it's an indication that you've been moving through tower and perhaps not even really acknowledging or even totally being aware of it, 
It's an opportunity to pause, to say like, holy shit, is that true? Have I been moving through tower? Have, have I had these systems, these structures coming down in my life? Did I not even think about that? Did I not even realize that I think like everything was going to shit or that I was so lost that I, and by the way, all those, um, experiences are very valid, but sometimes we can kind of forget underneath those moments where we feel like everything's going to shit. We can be in the, the truth of everything needing to kind of die and be burned away to allow things to emerge renewed. Tower is very, very important for that. Have you actually been trying and working with totally new beliefs? Um, and maybe it's been hard, but have you, have you really been working on that? You know, sometimes we just don't give ourselves a whole lot of credit for that. So when the tower comes up reversed again, this isn't a hard and fast, but it's a nice place to land. Can you check in about it? Can you acknowledge or reflect, have you been doing this tower work? Has the tower been coming up for you? Have you been responding to it? Have you been changing things from the inside out? Can you acknowledge that perhaps you've done a significant portion of deep work with the tower and are now preparing perhaps to move into a different energy for a little bit? Tower might come back, but your nervous system may be able to rest. Things may be able to come down a little bit more. You may be able to integrate the situation a bit. Um, very, very often, this reversal is an indication that you've been doing a lot more work than maybe you've given yourself credit for, and that the energy is lightening. It's lessening. If it was a storm, it's moving a little bit um, away from you. So how can you honor what that time has taught you and open to what may be wanting to come through, you know, in, not in its place, but what's the next season of your life informed of this work that you've done with the tower. The next energy that we're going to look at in this way is the devil. So we've talked about the devil, but the devil is an invitation, um, When we get really expanded, really in our soul, yes, really in our sovereignty, our autonomy, our individuality, the devil can come up and it can present us with an invitation from the thinking mind, from the ego, that the the thinking mind and the ego's strongest desire is to invite us back into an emotion or an experience that slows us down a little bit. And it can sometimes use fear and shame and guilt. Um, It can bring up old stuff and we can really find ourselves in locked in this story. There's something wrong with me or I'm bad. I'm not okay. There's something wrong fundamentally with me. Um, sometimes very often those stories from the thinking mind and the ego were picked up from our caretakers. They were picked up from their stories, from inherited belief systems. No one's ever born with that story, but we pick it up right from the world around us and the people who are caring for us, um, who may be doing the best that they can, but maybe they have their stories about that. Maybe not. So the devil is a huge opportunity for transformative liberation because it offers us the chance to practice saying, I see this invitation and I know it's not the truth of me. It can be here. I can feel it. It may be painful. It may feel very true, but we can come into an embodied, fierce understanding, reclamation of ourself. My pleasure is my birthright. How I exist in the world is a joy. It is my birthright to be in this world, to enjoy, to take up space, to be in my soul, yes, to acknowledge the places where the mind might be really, really, feel really threatened 
by our expansion to be able to say like, you know, okay, this is coming up for me right now. And it's not true. You know, it's real, it's happening, it's present with me, but it's not the truth of me. We don't actually have to believe it. And when we practice catching the mind in those places, we wind up observing rather than identifying. And the more that we're able to do that, the more we can show up as our inner caretakers, loving on those parts of us while maintaining good boundaries with ourselves. And we can say, I'm not available for that story. I'm not available for that thought. No, thank you. We can totally say that we can be much more fierce with our language or even more gentle than that. But the devil is the first time that we're really invited to feel, you know, the story, the weight, the beliefs that live in the body and live in our embodied, liberated truth, which is I'm allowed to expand. I'm allowed to live. I, I, I have a right again to be here to take up space. I'm seeing that my brain feels a little threatened. I don't have to take that invitation. So we're not ignoring or bypassing anything. We're practicing what it is to hold the experience while not um, acting from it. So that's a really strong deviation from what the typical themes of devil are, which are really kind of rooted in religious, sinful structuring, which is like, don't fuck around with vices. Don't do anything bad or sinful. Don't engage with things that aren't clean. Um, really that's at the base of it. When really, I think the devil is kind of like embrace what makes you feel really good. And there are moments in the devil where, um, the mind might even say like, go ahead and like embrace this thing, even though we know it's not really the best thing for us. Um, we just want to start getting much more observant with our minds and the stories of the ego and checking in and saying, you know, is this the truth for me? Would this really be useful, helpful? Um, is it true that I, I need to feel shame, you know, about this particular desire? Is it true that I need to feel guilty for this particular experience? Um, of course we're going to feel what we're going to feel, but we're asking, is it, is it true? You know, is, is the shame connected to something that I meant to take action on or is the shame just with me? You know, can I just bow to the shame? You know, um, it's a really, really powerful space of starting to witness the way the mind again, gets really threatened by expansion and will use the things that have previously really slowed us down or made us feel like we're not enough to get us out of that really deeply expanded place. Um, and the reversal of the devil is typically an indication that we've done, again, far more work in this cycle than we believe we have. It's typically an indication that we've been in the devil, whether we've realized it or not, and it's starting to cycle out, that it's starting to lessen again, to lighten. We can see kind of the edges and the borders of the invitations a little bit more clearly than when we were, you know, where we were maybe a few days ago. Sometimes we can, in the devil reverse, be in a situation where we can be uh, this happens to me all the time. <laughs> when I say all the time, I mean all the time in a space where, um, I am really expanding, which I always am or evolving in some way. And my, um, my sweet, you know, little girl is like so scared. And my mind is like freaking out. It's so scared for me. And it's kind of bringing up all the really, really tough stories and thoughts and feelings. It's inviting me into so much fear and terror and all these what ifs. And I've had many experiences where it like totally breaks me down. It moves me to tears where I'll say, 
I'm very aware of what's true and what's not true in this moment. Everything's valid, but like, it's so hard. It's like so painful to have these, um, really intrusive thoughts, really intense invitations. It's painful. It hurts my feelings, even though it's me, you know, um, and all I can do is really, you know, as much as I can say, it's not true really bowing and really acknowledging and honoring that, um, you know, and again, really committing myself to staying in what I know is again, what I'm committed to the truth, um, while holding the fullness of my experience. So sometimes we can be so deep in that work that we're not even aware we're in it. I know that that sounds so wild, but it is true. We really do not give ourselves a whole lot of credit for this kind of work. We really don't. Um, we don't really value it over culturally either to work through really hard brain chemistry, really hard thoughts, really hard emotional experiences to actually be present with them and stay rooted to what, um, we believe what we know is true, what we're committed to in moments that are really hard for us. Um, And when we pull the devil reversed, it's not to say like, oh my God, everything's great. No more problems. But the devil only ever comes up when we're doing everything right. (laughs) So it, the, the mind only ever tantrums when it knows that we're about ready to deeply expand when we are really connected with our intuition. It often doesn't feel like that. Um, but the truth is that that is often the case. So when we also get the devil, or rather when we get the devil reversed and it can come up around completions, it can also signify that we are complete with the story that if we're uncomfortable in this way, then it must mean that we've done something wrong, that we screwed up somewhere, that we took a wrong turn. Um, it actually has the power of this completion, not necessarily to clear us of the devil work we're doing, but it can keep us really tethered to the truth really presently that if contractions coming up, it's because I'm in some kind of expansive process and it's actually a great thing. Now it's not to say that if we're really going through a very challenging time mentally or emotionally, like woohoo, it hooray you're in expansion um i'm only discussing when we happen to be in a really challenging time um it happens to feel like it is consistent with some contraction born of perhaps evolution or growth or expansion in some way and we're pulling the card you know that that there there is kind of a a a breadcrumb trail that, that, um, you know, we may go to our deck in a moment of saying like, whew, I'm getting ready to do this offering. I feel so scared and I want to reach for this thing. I'm having this old thought. I'm having this thing, like what the fuck is happening? And if the devil comes up, then we kind of know we're in that experience. And that's what I'm very specifically speaking to. So again, the reversal of that is letting us know in some way we've done some very deep work around those beliefs. And now we get to integrate that. We get to remember, we get to solidify it in our being that, wow, you know, when I'm expanding in my soul work, really offering something up that's deeply vulnerable, deeply challenging, really brings me to some majorly, you know, um, potent places in myself, um, chances are my thinking mind will get a little wackadoodles. And how can I, to say the least, and how can I honor that? You know, how can I include and and open my arms to all those experiences? Or, you know, how can I love, bless, honor myself for all of me, even the parts of me that don't feel particularly lovable, even the parts of me that feel kind of shameful or not okay? You know, how can I remember that that was something that was told to me? You know, that was something I picked up on a long time ago or whatever it is. So when we get devil reversed, it can be a completion around feeling like we're stuck, 
we're chained, we're caught, and it can represent a liberation of some kind of those old stories in a way that can really, really be quite growthful and quite expansive and can most certainly represent a completion with that particular cycle, those particular lessons with the devil. Um, The next card we're going to explore is Five of Wands. So Five of Wands, any five card in the tarot is a contraction, just full stop. It's often a real scrunch before a big before a big opening. Um, We're crunching, 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 or being crunched in order to really dilate and expand. And all fives really represent that big scrunch, crunch of contraction that can come up um, and really just presents us with an opportunity to acknowledge, do our work around um, an area that wants to come forward for us to, you know, get a little bit more clarity on. And five of ones is kind of like, um, it's a lot of big, hot, messy feels kind of all at one time. (laughs) We can feel kind of angry and, and, and maybe internally combative. We can feel kind of like, and just like, kind of like kicking a can down the street, like really pissed off. And, um, there can be a sense of, um, actually big creativity with this card. There can be some frustration. Um, it's pretty volcanic in terms of the, of the sort of heat wand style that it brings forward. It's a temporary experience, but, but, um, a very particular specific one where kind of everything is a little jumbled. We're getting ready to obviously expand Everything is a little messy. It is a little kind of all over the place, but it's a necessary messiness in order to yield to a more unified um, future or a more unified or holistic um, set of next steps. So it's really this uh, kind of, um, you know, when a volcano erupts, um, we're creating new ground with that lava, with that magma. So we're sort of creating new ground with the heat that comes out of this card. Now, deep wisdom with any five, especially the five of wands, essentially says, can you channel that in a way that's constructive and productive rather than kind of letting it eat away at you or, um, you know, be projected onto someone else? Um, But traditionally, that's that's at the heart of this card is that it, it really is an energy that brings us into a, um, really important space of hot, sometimes angry, sometimes, uh, creatively, um, connected messiness of the mind just being so pissed about like kind of a million different things we feel like, and we're, we're, all those people with five different wands kind of all clinging against one another, that that's really how it can feel. And that's almost sort of the point, um, is like, we're working something out in this card. We're finding a way forward through a more confusing situation or something. Now, when we pull five of wands reversed, typically It's letting us know we've been moving through this energy and now we're getting ready to transition out of it. We may feel clearer. We may not feel clear, but we may um, over time actually get more answers. We may sit down to write and be like, oh, where I was blocked a couple days ago, things are now really flowing. Where I felt like I was completely out of my mind, I didn't know which end was up yesterday. Now I really feel kind of actually clearer than I did before. Um, the reversal of Five of Wands can indicate um, and can guide us through that passage of time. What happens when we apply the medicine? What happens when we actually let Five of Wands land with us? move through us. Um, and then when we get it reversed, it can be again, a signification or, um, a signifier that whether we realize we were in the card or not, there's been a lot of medicine that's come forward around it. And now we can walk away and we'll have information for the future 
that when we feel like that, when we feel messy and hot and like maybe hot headed, or we want to like run and take an action and do something just to kind of get out of the energy versus again, channeling it in a way that's, um, helpful to us and constructive. Now that we've actually had that experience, we have a better chance of retaining it for the future. We have a better chance that when we're inevitably in that energy again, we'll remember. And whether we pull five of wands or not, to be able to be like, oh, this is like some definite five of wands <laughs> feels and, and I'm just holding space for it, you know? And on we go. And that can be really powerful. Really, that's true of any five, that it's an opportunity for us to see and reflect on, again, whether we pulled the card right side up first or not, if you get any five reversed, it's letting you know kind of the challenge, the contraction that's been present or that was present um, around maybe a particular area, around like a general idea. Um, it's a chance for us to really witness the full spectrum of growth and change around that and see how we've grown, see what we've learned from that. Um, when we look to four of pentacles as an anchor for this work, um, any four that we're going to work with, it kind of forms like a little box, a little square, and we kind of step into that square and it contains us. Fours help to root us. They help to provide resourcing. They help us to take little breaks from a particular area of our life where we may be feeling like a lot of activity. And Four of Pentacles is a body boundary card. It's a, it's a card that has a zip zero to do with greed and money um, because pentacles don't have anything to do with money. Uh, it has to do with allowing the pentacle, this symbol of earth, of the elements of spirit, of connectedness, this beautiful symbol that bridges spirit work into the material world, into the earthly world, it allows it to be a symbol that creates a container of protection and space around our bodies. It may be a time when we need a little space. It may be a time when we're quarantining. It may be a time when we don't um, want to be available for a particular kind of touch or a particular kind of physical experience. Um, it could just simply be that we kind of want to tuck in and be by ourselves. Um, I know a lot of people can resonate with that. You know, Four of Pentacles is a very strong energy that really invites us into a space of connectedness, of communication with our bodies, where we're asking it, them, um, what do you need from me? What can I do for you? Now, when reversed, this card often lets us know we've gotten that. We've had that time, we've had that experience to kind of be a bit more in our own energy. We've taken some space, we've taken time, and now we might be sort of invited to come out a little more. Obviously, you get to be the arbiter of that, but it can be really powerful to touch in with it and say, oh, wow, you know, this is interesting. You know, I don't know how I feel about it. It may be that we are reluctant to sort of come out of that cocoon, but the body might be super excited to start maybe um, sharing again or connecting again in a different way. It might want to move. It might want to dance. It, you know, who knows? Um, so very often it's a heads up, and this is true again of most of the fours, that we have spent a lot of beautiful, good time in this energy of um, this beautiful container that's held us through this process. Now we want to take what we learned from that container and step forward. We've done all the work that we're meant to do today, as of today, in this energy. And now can we be open? Can we be just a little bit more open, a little bit more available if it feels like a yes to give it a try? The um, last anchor card that we're going to look at as, um, you know, kind of a, an anchor for um, completions is Nine of Swords. So Nine of Swords is, um, I like to call it, it's really the card that can bring us into some worst case scenario thinking. It's really 
centered on fear. Um, and you know, that classic image from the Smith writer, Wait Deck, um, the story of the image of that person, you know, sitting up in bed is that they're receiving a, um, a, like almost a psychic premonition about the death of perhaps the beloved, perhaps a friend, um, someone in their lives. That's not necessarily the truth of this card. We know that because if that were true of everybody, there would be like a lot of psychic premonitions. Um, and that's, it's not happening as far as I know with relationship to <laughs> nine of swords, right? So we know that it's not an absolute truth because it's not happening to everybody. Um, really, when we go down just a little bit deeper, um, what's really true about this card is that it can come up in moments when we're experiencing just a, a huge amount of fear. And fear, you know, we don't need to decode fear. Sometimes fear can come up when we're legitimately afraid. We're going through a really scary situation, a really scary time. Um, sometimes we can be going through a huge amount of excitement and the mind doesn't kind of know, most of our minds don't know what the fuck to do with excitement. So they tend to file it into fear. Um, we can be doing that. Um, really, no matter what, we deserve a huge amount of deep care and tending because it can be really big. I know for myself, I have spent um, many a moon in Nine of Swords from my childhood on. Um, even when I was young, this was a card that I regularly pulled. And um, it never brought anything frightening to my door. It only illuminated the fears that were there. It illuminated and validated for me. There's a lot of fear here. There's a lot of fear about potential outcomes, worst case scenarios, um, all kinds of things. And so when we pull that card, we really want to focus instead of trying to make the fear go away, understand why the fear is here. We want to tend, tend with a capital T. I often say like, if you were that person who sat up in bed and you put your head in your hands and you were terrified and um, had just had this horrible nightmare. Nightmares feel so real, right? But we want to try, if we can, to gently wake ourselves up, gently, gently. Maybe we get up, maybe we cuddle our cat, maybe we um, put something comforting on our phones or whatever, you know, if we sleep with a screen near us. Maybe we put a podcast on or the radio. Um, maybe we even like get up for a bit and pull some cards and journal and try to shake some of that energy. Um, Nine of Swords is really specifically about fear and we're not quite sure whether or not it's true. <laughs> so we have to tend first and then in some cases investigate. If it's particularly persistent, if we're like, oh my God, this potential outcome could happen. And we think that, um, you know, and it feels okay and safe enough to be with on our own, you know, we can say, okay, what is really the likelihood of this happening? You know, can we, can we walk with ourselves through this? When this card shows up reversed, it is an indication very often that we have walked through some kind of dance with our fear, and we've come out on the other side wiser for it. That we may have gone through a particularly challenging experience or a brush with fear or an experience with fear where we had a lot of it and we leaned in anyway and came out on the other side again with more information, more clarity, more ability to be with ourselves in those moments. That could, it is often how this card shows up reversed, but the fear is there. We just may have a better awareness of it. We may understand like, oh yeah, I'm being invited into enormous fear right now. It's a big expansion time. Just holding a space for that. You know, what helps you when you're in those experiences? And I, I say this as somebody who, this happens to me 
on the regular, like constantly. Um, I'm in like nine of swords, 10 of swords. Um, it's scary to do your soul work in the world. (laughs) I don't know if it ever gets easier. I guess it's gotten a little easier. Um, but it's still really scary depending on what it is that I'm doing. So how can we acknowledge the bigness of what we've moved through while also recognizing that we're coming to a kind of a natural end in our work with this card. And those are just a few very small examples out of 78 of these cards that we can pull. And just if we intuitively feel like, okay, I've been in this card in this season with this energy for a while. Now I really, really sense I'm getting ready to leave it behind and move into something different. Trust that. Absolutely trust that. Even if you're like, I think I'm just telling myself this to feel better. Why not? It's probably true. Number one, because we don't, I don't think we do that as often as we think we do. I think we tend to go to the worst case scenario versus like, Ooh, um, I don't know. I guess it depends on the person. Uh, But yeah, it's so powerful. And then we're free to celebrate ourselves. Then we're free to say, I did this. I made it through a, 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 a moment, a conversation, a stare down with this part of myself, with this part of life, with this invitation. I made it. I did it. We don't forget those things. Those get filed away permanently. And if we have a moment where we realize like, oh, wow, this like really, really big fear that there was kind of something lurking under the bed. If we were courageous enough to like look with a flashlight, it may be that we never have that fear again. When reversals come up as completions, it's an invitation to honor and acknowledge the bigness of the cycles we move through, bow to the medicine they're bringing and really celebrate ourselves for having moved through them. There are all kinds of natural ends to life. And when reversals show up as completions, it's signaling them, you know, inviting us to be present in the huge growth that it takes to actually move through those things. So I hope this was useful to you, Wild Souls. And again, I know I've said this ad nauseum, but please do not take this as like the hard and fast rule. These are three really, really solid categories that reversals can show up in, but they're not necessarily what's going to resonate with you. You may have another five categories that reversals can show up in. And I say that is fucking awesome. So once again, with everything I say about the cards, about the structure, just take what works and leave what doesn't, you know, we can, we can be different. That's part of the beauty. It's why the tarot is the tool of the people because it needs so many viewpoints because, um, so many of us see and experience the world so differently. Ah, well, thank you again for being here, wild souls. And, um, there are a couple of really, uh, important links on the show notes today, One of them is um, that I'm teaching a workshop at Modern Witches Confluence uh, that's coming up next weekend. I'm so excited. It's all about spiralic intuition. And so, um, and I'm just one humble person in a lineup of spectacular teachers. I mean, the lineup is crazy this year. So if you want to be a part of that, you can buy tickets at the link on the show notes. And, um, I'm going to talk about this more next week at monthly medicine, but, um, friend of the podcast, my dear friend, Aaliyah Walston, who many of you may know as being an absolutely extraordinary tarot worker, intuitive, um, healer, uh, is, uh, currently, created a GoFundMe to help them during a time of some pretty huge personal transitions and is really seeking um, some deep support during this time. And I hope that you will join me in donating to help support this absolutely magnificent, um, magical being who just shows up in their community so exquisitely. Um, May we all contribute to help making um, Aaliyah's time uh, in this transition feel as 
nurturing and abundant as humanly possible. So if you'd like to donate to Alia's um, GoFundMe, if you would like to learn more about their work, um, you may do so by clicking that link in the show notes. And again, we'll, it'll be mentioned in Monthly Medicine as well. Um, thank you again for being here, Wild Souls. Sending so much love to you. And until we connect again next week, please take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.